Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. And we're back with some, I don't know, you do it. Me? (laughs) Oh. Uh, in Britius too. Ooh, <laughs> so this is why. I, yeah, but we're not covering Insidious because that's not nostalgic nor relevant to the topic of this week. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Like, I guess it's kind of relevant because you might get a little creepy. You might um, get a little spooky. <laughs> trying to figure out how to segue that early that story I had earlier, but um. I mean, is it kind of like insidious? <laughs> no, no, but it might give you uh, <clears throat> it may give you goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I got goosebumps right now. Um, so yeah, this week we're gonna talk about goosebumps. Um, but, yeah. Honestly, before we started covering this, or before it was an idea for us. Uh, Tara and I had also, uh, as I do, because as we've learned through the past however many episodes we've done, I have a fucking problem, and I fill it with shopping. So Tara and I have been collecting the Goosebumps books for the past year. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I should have thrown all mine out when I was a kid. I had only- bazillions of them. <laughs> we buy them from, like, secondhand stores. Oh, man. So we're, like, I smell, like, for- children's tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awkward. No, I like it. You should, you, she, Jill's just been planting them around her house to keep the neighborhood kids away. Yeah. <laughs> Those are goosebumps. Um, I think it's a really cute hobby that you and your girlfriend are collecting those books together. Yeah. We also collect novelty plates. So. Oh, good to know. <laughs> There's that too. Cat butt plate. Or, like, all those plates from McDonald's when they went through, like, the Hercules thing. Got oh, dude. <laughs> I know you do. My mom probably does somewhere, too. They're like yeah. my barbecue plates when people come over. And I don't want them to, like, break my Ikea plate. So I'm like, here's my, here's a, here's Philatides. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your food off Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> I want Hades. He's the one I don't have. Hmm. There's like Hades and I and there's two that I don't have, I think. What's the other one? I don't know. Okay. All right. My brain's full of goosebumps. I didn't fucking research Hercules. Dang. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Next week we're covering Hercules plates. <laughs> on the on the topic, I'm gonna do a quick segue because I have to, but on the topic of goosebumps, my sister in law was supposed to come over on the weekend and then she didn't. <laughs> because she ended up with pink eye somehow. <laughs> Ew. Farting oh. on your pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I told so her, I was like, I was like, was your, was your dog dragging his ass across your pillow? <laughs> Just like sleeping face down in it. I always oh, think no. of like knocked up. Yeah, like that scene knocked up where they open the door and they're like, no, nah, we have pink eye. And then it's <laughs> like, I'm just really high. <laughs> I'm just really high. Oh, good. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 
Good. We kind of have like a three-parter episode because I decided if Britt was going to be here another week, she had to start pulling her fucking weight. Oh, no, I didn't prepare at all. (laughs) Britt, you had one job. (laughs) Oh, what's my job? (sighs) (laughs) This is my final episode of this podcast. Okay, so maybe the movie portion will get fully covered this time. Did anyone watch the movie? I watched no. the first And then it's like, Goosebumps 2 after, and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I didn't realize. I saw that. I watched part of the first one, and then I, I was like, eh. I didn't, I, was, I mean, yeah, okay. I was going to, but Tara just came back from visiting home, and apparently she was an avid DVD collector, so she brought home DVDs we have to watch, and unfortunately Goosebumps was not in it, so we were not okay. allowed to watch it this weekend um which ones did you watch i'm curious because if she brought dvds over they're older we watched 40 days of night which is an abomination to my fucking soul i'm so mad that josh hartnett has the audacity to be in a vampire movie (laughs) was he in that stars yeah i hate it one out of five i'm fucking mad we watched it and then (laughs) that the anger is still very much there oh we jill and i like to hang on to this kind of stuff i mean what else you can do friend was here this weekend and so we both decided we wanted to watch midsummer which i have also never seen the scary one yeah like i'm gonna say scary one in quotations there are two hours of my life i would like back and i would rather watch 40 days of night fucking twice than ever watch ever again that movie was you rubbish that much i what a slow burn holy oh, shit yeah, for sure i got off an enema that was so stupid <laughs> i think so that, that with that movie because i saw the first one that uh ari ari aster is that the director Terry. okay but yeah, I saw the first one that they did and i i was at the rio super stoned and i was like this isn't that scary and it, but it was well done. I just thought it was like really predictable, but I still thought it was pretty well done. And then I saw Midsummer, and I was like, oh, this is like really beautiful. And it's the one, but I want to see some people fucking die, man. Yeah. <laughs> but the my takeaway from Midsummer, well, this is I'm only talking about what I, <laughs> me, but like my takeaway was, yeah, I was like, I like. I hated the whole movie that they wouldn't let her grieve. And then at the end, it was like they allowed her to mourn because, like, that's where they were. It was like a place of mourning. And, like, they set it up for her. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, get all these, like, like, um, masculine, like, face talkers, like, out of her face. Like, because based the whole movie, like, she's upset and she's mourning. And, like, her dick face boyfriend's like, get out of here. Like, they don't want to bring her. With, like, I, it's just, I don't know. For me, I, it, it was kind of like cathartic at the end. I was like, yeah, fuck all y'all. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. for her. <laughs> Movie gave me nothing what I wanted because what I wanted was goosebumps. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're bringing it back in. It's more like frustration goosebumps. <laughs> okay. So it, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with like this quote. I watched a fabulous interview with R.L. Stein. I think that man oh. is just still a treasure. Like he's still a treasure. Yeah. He's so good. yeah. He's so and good. like, as far as we know, he hasn't me tooed anybody or <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking that I'm like he hasn't done anything problematic that we know of yet. So yeah. he's still a yeah. treasure. Hopefully we can mm-hmm. just keep it at that. Yeah. Treasure still <laughs> proven filthy. Yeah, yeah, correct. 
treasure till tarnished. Um, but yeah, so okay, so I'm gonna start off with like a quote that he said in this interview because he was saying like with his the Goosebumps series that he didn't really like know it was gonna take off or do really well, and he said that the first time when like when they first put it out there and it was literally on a bookshelf, he said it sat on the bookshelf for probably like six to eight months or I don't I can't remember exactly, but like no one touched it, and he's like all of a sudden one kid found it. And then like one kid told another kid and that kid told another kid. And then his, his words were, it was like a secret kid language or code where they just like, it just, they just told all their friends and then it just exploded. And I love that because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yes. Remember talking about books? Yes. Now <laughs> I just talk about t- we talk about TV and things we wish we had, but like, do you remember, like, I think about getting fucking Scholastic's book fair. Exactly. My money. Fair so epic. Exactly. And, like, if I was going to buy a book, I had to buy the whole collection. Like, mm-hmm. I think I owned every Wishbone book that existed. Like, I had to own yeah. the entire collection. You and me both. I needed them all. And Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And then yep. Sal- when Salem had his own spinoff and, like. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I just, like, I remember the Goosebumps books, the covers were so, like, immaculate for my young brain. It, it was like it wasn't completely scary. It was kind of just like, ooh, like that's what? Different. Yeah, what is that? Oh, you know, what's going on? It's like, do you remember the first time you saw? I don't know if you guys read this book, but do you remember the Rainbow Fish? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, that was epic. Like it's it like glittery by all the stuff in there. Yeah, so that's kind of like how I what I what I think about when I think about like early Goosebumps covers because like I think there was a couple shiny ones in there, mm-hmm. and yeah. like they were just like pretty immaculate and. It just kind of, it was like you saw that Goosebumps book or you're like, do I get the the tie-dyed hippie Volkswagen Beetle poster that glows in the dark or do I get the the book? I got the book. The sparkly choose your own adventure Goosebumps book. Yeah. Oh my God. I used to read the choose your own adventure and like dog ear the page that I cho- just chose yeah. them in case like I fucking died. And I was like, fuck this book. And I'd like go back to where I was so I wouldn't die. Yeah. You're like, I that too. <laughs> you're like early, <laughs> early Bandersnatch style. Fucking yeah. cheating. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> you turned out fine. Yeah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I turned out fine, I say, in my two-bedroom house with one room filled with nostalgia and shit that is worth no money, but I have to have it. I'm fine with your life choices. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, I thought I wanted to like kick it off with that because I thought that was pretty cool. And then I have a bunch more stuff from that interview, which I'll get into afterwards. But I'm going to go through some of my sweet, sweet friends from my best friend, Wikipedia. Ah, oh, BFF wiki. Yeah. yeah. So as we all know, Goosebumps is a series of children's horror fiction novels by American author R.L. Stein, published by Scholastic Publishing. The stories follow child characters who find themselves in scary situations, usually involving monsters and other supernatural elements. From 1992 to 1997, 62 books were published under the Goosebumps umbrella title. Various spin-off series were also written by R.L. Stein. So there was Goosebumps Series 2000, Give Yourself Goosebumps, Tales to Give Yourself Goosebumps, <laughs> Goosebumps Triple Header. They're really, really going for it with this. <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps Horrorland, 
uh, Goosebumps Most Wanted and Goosebumps Slappy World. Oh, I like Slappy it. World. That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the worst world. <laughs> oh. You don't want to go through that door. No. <laughs> there was another series called Goosebumps Gold, but it was apparently never released. So Goosebumps, as we know, uh, but maybe the, the one or two listeners we have don't, <laughs> spawned a television series and merchandise line, as well as a series of feature films starring Jack Black, who plays R.L. Stein. <clears throat> that movie was weird. I didn't mind it. I After going back and like, because, I, because we're not really touching too much on the movie, I will say like after going back and watching the TV series, the because the intro of the Goosebumps TV series is R.L. Stein walking with his briefcase right and his pages fly out and it like kind of bam, 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 yeah bam, bam. yeah kind of the pages <laughs> fly out and like curse the town so i feel like the goosebumps movie was a spin-off of the opener for this the television series you know what i mean because yeah, he like i felt that for yeah i felt mm-hmm. that connection he, like, as well comes into town and like the boy pulls that book down and then all of a sudden there's like an abominable snowmanster 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 <laughs> snowmanster running around the town doing snowmanster shit <laughs> so that's kind of that was what i thought i mean i can go fuck myself i wasn't part of the creation of that movie but that was what i thought it took me a second and then once i clued in i was like oh that was kind of sneaky <laughs> yeah so since the release of it, the first novel, Welcome to Dead House, in July 1992, the series has sold over 40 million books worldwide and in 32 languages, oh, becoming wow. the second best-selling book in history after J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. J.K. Uh, Rowling's trash. Harry Potter is wonderful. We covered this before. <laughs> Just so people remember, you're allowed to love correct. Harry Potter. You're not allowed to love J.K. Rowling because she's a dumb cunt. Yeah. Also. You kind of hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> Welcome to Dead House. Like similarities. I love that this is the book one because there's like American Horror Story to me is like mm. such a good series too. Their yes. first series is about a house as well. Yeah. Yeah. Murder That's house. Good. Murder house. Murder house. Don't want to live spooky there. Spooky houses jump off everything. Otherwise, it's not going to work. <laughs> Speaking of spooky houses, before I continue and leave this, but did you know that they're making a new Scream? No. Is and did you know? 21? <laughs> basically. And there's a new Halloween. Yeah, but you new can. Focus. Oh, damn. And a new Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart. <gasps> okay. Okay, but no, no, wait. You can Airbnb the original Scream House. Oh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. That house is cool without yeah. the death, of course, but it was, I liked it. And maybe you can pay extra for the death. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, individual books in the series have been listed in several bestsellers list, including the New York Times bestseller list for children. Get it? And it's it's funny, too, because I also have a quote from his interview. Inter, yeah, his interviewer when he first wrote this other book. So he w- was first doing um, a, a series called Fear Street for, like, teenagers. And the first book he wrote for that series went to the bestseller. And he was like, I've never been a bestseller. Like, how is this happening? Fear Street Fear is Street fucking popping. The movies yeah. on Netflix. Five oh, what? I didn't even know there's there a whole, a movie. There's a Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. <gasps> oh, man. That's what I'm doing It is here. like, it is fucking good. I didn't Sweet. cover And it's clear. Other... 
Oh, damn. I didn't cover any Fear Street stuff just because, you know, but that can be its own show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's queer, which is really cool, too. There's, like, queer shit in it, which I appreciate. And they don't shove it down your face, which is, like, something most TV shows do. They're like, look, they're gay. Do you love it? They're gay. Their only problem is that people don't know they're gay. They're gay? They're gay. That's, like, the, like, a slapsticky. Yeah. (laughs) We hate it. Okay. So the Goosebumps series, like I said, falls under the children's horror thriller genre, which is to me hilarious because it's like for what is it? What was the age range for this book? It was like, um, I wrote it down. Seven to twelve. <laughs> Seven yeah, to twelve that's, that's was the, the age range where I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like children's horror thriller. <laughs> Love it. It's, All you little weirdos want to get scared. Maybe this is why we like this bullshit. Like, we're mm. like, let's kill Definitely. somebody after this. Okay. No wonder yeah, our kids are so weird. They're watching and are not watching, reading Goosebumps all the time when they're seven. <laughs> our childhood murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Although Stein characterizes the series as scary books that are also funny. So that was kind of his follow-up to that children's horror genre. He's like, they're scary, but they're funny. Each book features a different different children characters and settings. The primary protagonists are middle class and can be either male or female. I thought that was really interesting because it directly relates to his life. In his interview, he talks about how he was very like I wouldn't. Uh, I he was poor. He was like I was a poor kid growing up, and he lived in a really really fancy area, so he always felt like excluded from things. So it, all the characters he writes about are very very middle class, and you can even see that translated in the. like the television series Mm -hmm. however with the television series because I work in marketing I feel like they did that intentionally because it had a bigger audience because like they're like oh we're gonna suck in all those middle class dum-dums at public school and they're gonna be buying our merchandise classic book fair (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't want to watch or read another book about a fucking rich kid who's like got one problem in their life you know yeah I appreciate. I know it's so weird. I'm kind of over that genre. What's that? You don't want to read a book about Logan Paul? Oh, darn no. it! <laughs> hey, give me more Katniss Everdeen's. I want to see some struggle. This is yeah. Tribute. Okay. So, like I said, all that stuff. The primary protagonists of a Goosebumps story are often situated in remote locations, or they're they become somehow isolated from a typical societal convention. They can, they can range anywhere from comfortable suburban areas to boarding schools, foreign villages, or campsites. I think we all remember the campsite episodes, or that might be Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know. It's kind of blending together. Everything's a no, banger. There's the Camp Nightmare. I, or, yeah. I think it was Camp Nightmare? There's yeah. yeah. a Camp Nightmare. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a double header on uh, YTV. But <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark is when they all sit around a campfire, and then yes. one of them throws, like, fucking cocaine on the fire, and they all trip. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> LSD. <laughs> Yeah, they all just do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> really, God. really. They're all doing, what is that one, the chemical that your brain releases, DMT? <laughs> they're yeah. all DMT. That's why that show aired at like 8.30 at oh. night. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> uh, books typically feature characters who are, who either recently moved to a new neighborhood or have been sent to stay with relatives. The books in the Goosebumps series feature similar plot structures, with children being involved in scary situations. At his peak, Stein was... Stein? R.L. Stein. Yes. 
Stein was known to com complete these stories extremely quickly, some of which it is said that it only took him six days to finish. So that's pretty nuts. But also speaks to his talent and really how yeah. simple these were. And he just kind of had a formula. It was very for for formu Fuck. <laughs> formulaic. Fuck my or brain. Formulaic. <laughs> formulaic. Formulaic. Yes. Yes. Me. Gold star. Okay. <laughs> Back to the skeletino or whatever you call the skeleton the other day. Skeletino. 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 Now I can't say it anymore. Formulaic. Fuck yeah. I'm the best. Okay. <laughs> Keep pumping your tires, Kelsey. <laughs> One day it'll stick. <laughs> Fully lost for three, six days. Okay. The books are mostly written in first-person narrative, often concluding with twist endings. They contain surreal horror with characters encountering the strange and supernatural. The author has plot devices he follows throughout Goosebumps, the Goosebumps books, and Stein says he does not like purposely he does not include any death in his stories and the children in his novels never get put in situations where it would be considered too serious he attributed his success he attributes the success of his books <laughs> this is cute and i don't know if this is a direct quote from him but he attributed the, the success of his books to their absence of drugs depravity and violence like appreciated that yeah yeah like a spooky but good role model weird yeah, and like, you know, as we discussed, Are You Afraid of the Dark is possibly doing DMT or fucking LSD. So, yeah. hey, I mean, good. Good job. <laughs> Just over here with this huge accusation. <laughs> and that's why Goosebumps is better. <laughs> and that's why Goosebumps is better. All those kids from Are You Afraid of the Dark are just, no, shush, that's not nice. They're all doing great. Okay. Uh, according to a docu the documentary Tales from the Crypt, from comic books to television, R.L. Stein said he remembers reading popular the popular infamous Tales from the Crypt comic book when he was young and credited it as one of the inspirations. Books and characters in this series were inspired by books and films, other books and films as well. For example, the character Slappy the Dummy was inspired by the literary classic The Adventures of Pinocchio. I mean, like, that's kind of obvious, but... Slappy was terrifying. Yeah, he Dude. really fucked me up. I didn't like Slappy. And there's like four different yeah. books about her. <laughs> he, well, that's because it's a fucking marionette and those are scary yeah. on a good day. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, you're alive. That's kind of freaky. And now you're trying to kill everybody? Oh, God. Yo, and have you ever seen awesome. at someone's house where their fucking spare room you're sleeping in is just full of weird dolls? It doesn't. <laughs> just... Okay. I shit you guys not. Short story. Go. But my mom's aunt has, like, she had a spare bedroom, like, at her house. It was one of her kids' old room. And, like, you know, it's the coat room at Christmas. Everybody throws their coat on this bed, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and the room, I shit you not, was painted in, like, clowns. Oh. Oh, man. Like, life-size paintings of, like, clowns. <laughs> and, like, there was, like, a hobo clown and, like, a creepy clown. And she had, like, dingle-dangle clown like marionette like it was fucking can you imagine like, being a child and your mom like she must have I think people put so them cute. away because it was Christmas but like she had 
Only the Christmas. Like that room was like, if I ever need to be punished, like my mom will lock me in here at night with like <laughs> no bed. Like you can't hide under anything. Here's a pillow. Like why these clowns staring at you. You just you just get a yoga a yoga mat on the floor. Like <laughs> but there's a clown on the yoga mat. I was gonna say that. Yeah. And you yeah. get a stuffed like giant clown as a pillow. Anywho, nightmare. Um but to add to that, so when I was growing up in my parents' house the woman across the street was like this like Martha Stewarty crazy craft lady, lovely woman, of course. Yeah. And she needed to make she would have like this bonkers crazy Christmas fair through her house every Christmas. I wish I could like project my brain because her house was nuts. And so one year she needed these giant life-size dolls made of like carolers, so she had my mom, myself, my sister, uh, and I think it, I think my dad as well, but I'm not for sure. Maybe I can't, whatever. It doesn't matter. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Uh, but that she paper mache'd all of our faces and then put, used those as like the base for these dolls. And um, they were huge and incredibly well-made. I should find a picture of you guys, for you guys of it later. But they were just like randomly, after the fair was done, she's like, well, I don't need these. You can just have them. So my mom had them up throughout the house all year round. And when I would have friends sleep over, they would get like the shit scared out of them trying to like go from A to B if they pass one of these fucking dolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh so there God, you go. Nightmare. Yeah. You know, we got used to them pretty quickly, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever. Just yeah. Get over it. So some of. Some of Stein's ideas for the books also came from his real life. Stein got the idea of the book, The Haunted Mask, after his son, Matt, had a Halloween mask that he just couldn't get off his head. <laughs> oh, poor buddy. Hilarious. Yeah. He's like, I, what if this thing was actually evil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stein also uses his childhood fears to help him write his books. The author said, luckily, I have a great memory. Also, too, I will say, like, listening to the interview, his memory is crazy good. Like, he cited dates. I was like, woo. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Stein says, as I write a story, I can remember what it feels like to be afraid and panicky. Stein states that he often thinks of the title of the novel first, and then that will lead him to the rest of the story, which is like kind of in it's exactly how he wrote uh, Fear Street, which I'll get to afterwards. But OK, so two common themes in his stories are children triumphing over evil and children facing horrid or frightening situations and using their wit and imagination to escape them. Stein does not attempt to incorporate any moral lessons into his novels. He says his books are strictly reading motivation, which I'm like, fuck yeah, teach me to read. Yeah. <laughs> teach me to scare myself and then go to bed. <laughs> well, someone yeah. who hated reading as a kid, that was literally the only thing I would read. So it worked. <laughs> Yo, I was like, does that book have a unicorn on it? Give me it. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Give me that unicorn book. Um, so just to roll back onto this interview I watched with him because it was just like, he's just like this cute kind of older grandpa man. And he's like kind of slumped in a chair and he's just so chill. I appreciate just his presence. <laughs> but um, so uh, R.L. Stein said, he started writing when he was about nine years old. He found an old typewriter in his parents' attic and like dragged it into his room and just started ty typing like funny little stories. And he can't exactly remember 
why, but he just he does say that like at the time, like I mentioned, he was reading little comics like Tales from the Crypt. So he said he'd go to school and a lot of the kids in his class would all be drawing these little comics. So he wanted to draw the little comics. But some kids in his class were like, dude, you're a completely horrific artist. You're not gonna be drawing. <laughs> so he decided he would focus on the writing aspect and that that's where we bring in the typewriter, right? So he started writing these funny little short stories and bringing it into class all the time. Cool. And one of his teachers was like, Robert, you can't keep bringing these these stories in. They're distracting and they're terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. He's from all angles here. Yeah, well, he's, Stein says that if the teacher had encouraged him, he probably wouldn't have kept going. But because they were so hell-bent on stopping him, he was like, fuck it. <laughs> Giving her shit. Yeah. Can you this? Yeah. And then, like I mentioned earlier, he said he was a really kind of like his family didn't make a lot of money so he always felt kind of like an outsider so he he said he felt like he observed a lot of things and that's kind of where his eye comes from because he just watched a lot of everything kind of go by and he also mentioned he was a very fearful kid so I mean I will say like he probably maybe didn't need to watch as much he might have been just too afraid of everybody but who knows (laughs) Um, the one really cool thing that I liked about this interview and just how he spoke was he speaks so highly of his wife. Uh, his wife's name is Jane and Jane and in the seventies, Jane and, and R.L. Stein. So Robert both worked for Scholastic Publishing and Jane had, they were editors. I should say that. Sorry. Jane had a very successful magazine that she was the editor for called Dynamite. And it, it like went on for many, many years and made a lot of money and, she did so well that this is his words, like his wife, like my, he says, my wife did so well that the, the people at Scholastic were like, I mean, if your wife's doing this well, maybe we'll give you a go and you can run your own magazine. <laughs> so then, so then Arl Stein got to do his own magazine and it was called Bananas and that ran for 10 years. And he said it was like, his dream it was the best thing he'd ever done and he's like okay cool now I can just coast I've lived my dream I'm good so he said after the 10-year run the bananas magazine fizzled out Scholastic fired him (laughs) you're great you're fired yeah but he he still maintained a really good friendship with um one of the editors and uh she one day took him another woman so she one day took him out for lunch and she's like listen I've been working with this author on this like uh, scary book series for teenagers and they're just not working out. So we let him go. She's like, I know you could write this. You could write this. And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, here, the title's called Blind Date. Go home and write it. And he said that was the first one. He just had the title. He went home, wrote it, and it ended up as a bestseller. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. And then the same thing happened when he wrote the second book in that series, which was called Twisted. Same thing happened again, ended up as a bestseller. So he's like, oh, okay. So then he just started doing that and it just kept working. Um, and I, there's a quote again from R.L. Stein that I wrote down. He's like, I just kind of stumbled onto something that works. He's like, he's so cute. He's like, I'm not a confident man. Ask my wife. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a confident or competent man. Ask my wife. He's like, oh I just God. stumbled into something that worked. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, uh what did I say his wife's name was sorry uh Jane Jane so Jane and uh one of her editor partners 
because Fear Street was working so well, they were like, to her husband, Robert, they're like, you need to do this for younger kids. No one's doing this age seven to 12 range. And <laughs> R.L. Stein was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to terrorize children. <laughs> yeah. A, he was a fearful kid and he remembers that. And B, Fear Street was doing so well, he just really didn't want to mess with it. So then moving later on, R.L. Stein says, my wife just broke me down. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right. I'll try to write two or three. <laughs> <laughs> writes one it flies yeah 61 more yeah so it exactly yeah it just kind of exploded and like I said like I quoted earlier like that secret kid language where we just kind of like all ran around and just like we didn't have iTunes we had the scholastic book fair we didn't have internet no we had <laughs> we had that weird mac lab with those big ass computers yeah and that one game where you're a truck driver cross-country Canada or whatever the hell that was called I don't know, dude. It was weird. I never understood the purpose. You just wanted to play it. I just wanted to be on a computer. This is true. <laughs> or or I just like go on to like the typewriter or like the Word document and just all write in handwriting because <laughs> I'm like, ooh, fancy. Wow, look at this. And wingdings. <laughs> yeah, wingdings. Wingdings is the best. Um, yeah, so R.L. Stein is a quote here saying like when he writes writes Goosebumps, he rem reminds him of being that age and what it's like to be afraid. So he tries to kind of include that in his writing. But I think also because he has that awareness, he doesn't he has the ability to not make them too frightening, like I mentioned earlier. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, oh, and then the last quote I wrote from him is that. The biggest issue he's had with the Goosebumps series and like that series moving forward when he was writing them was just running out of shit to write about. Because <laughs> obviously. Yes. Um, okay. And there is one other thing I was going to say because <laughs> it is important. So like I mentioned, Goosebumps, the book series. So that was 1992 through 97. There's 62 books altogether. There are a couple other spin-off book series if we wanted to quickly go over them, but there there's so many. Um, so I'm just gonna just kind of shelf that for a minute. But there is also the Goosebumps television series, which we all know and love. And yeah. Oh yeah. Is it yeah? A hard yes. So children's horror television series based on R.L. Stein's best-selling book by the same name, as we all know. The stories about tweens and young teens finding themselves in creepy and unusual situations, typically involving supernatural elements or the occult. I literally just watched one. It was about a sponge that ate her dog. Oh, the sponge one. Oh, yikes. <laughs> that was that, the sponge itself. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, she sh she's like washing her face and it's on the shower rack. I'm like, how'd you get Watching it? her? <laughs> you like, no. <laughs> and then it eats her German shepherd? <laughs> yeah. How? And the German Shepherd's name was Killer. Come on. Oh, yeah. that sponge is terrifying. Sponge's name is Killer. Yeah. So this television series ran for four seasons. Uh, the first season had 19 episodes. The second had 25. The third had 22. And the fourth had eight. So that sucks. The first one aired on October 27, 1995. The final episode aired on November 16, 1998. So there, wow, you, there you go. Pumped out for that small time. Yeah, that is equally all as scary. And freaking that is our. That. that is what fucked us up. Uh, 
Fever Swamp fucked me up real good. <laughs> that yeah. one really fucked me up. <laughs> and I will say, because I just like skimmed over this the whole entire time, because we're talking to the book series, not just the author, but R.L. Stein's name is Robert Lawrence Stein. Perfect. Yes. So I have a friend from high school that shout knows out, him. Shout out to Travis. Um, he was like my high school boyfriend's like best friend. So him and I have always been like, we've just always been friends because he's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the older we get, the more I realize like how we are alike. But one of the cool things about him is he, so do you guys remember like the haunted mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like fucking Carly Beth. He has a, he has like that mask or like what? a damn good copy of it. What? Why? Like he's got like he just has it. He collects like cool stuff. He's got it on like a little like head mount with like he has other masks. But I was like, out of all the masks you could own in like the fucking world, like Carly Beth, like that is the best thing ever. I think it is so fucking cool. When COVID is over, I'm gonna go see that mask. I am so excited. I he'll Mm -hmm. let me. I dropped (laughs) one. I dropped one in the chat. Like, yeah, they're so good. That's so good. I love that. It's like one of the coolest things. Yeah, really big fan. Really big, really big fan. And like I I already mentioned, I'm just, as much as I joke being like, this is what fucked us up, because obviously it did not. I just, I really appreciate that, like, again, he didn't, there was no use of, like, violence or drugs and, like, the kids never really got in a lot of trouble and it did rely on their resourcefulness. And I think it really just kind of, catered to our like wacky imaginations as we are as we were growing up and like I think that's it's special it's It's nice nice too because when you look at things like oh I went to a party and I got kidnapped and now I'm in a van yeah that's two things that already happened that is a real fear I have I don't need to read or watch anything to do with that I'd rather read a book about a fucking sponge yeah, I found beneath the sink in my new them. house, and then it yeah. like the dog. Like, I'd way rather read about that than something that could actually happen to me. Thanks. Yeah, it's just, it's way more. Yeah, it's way more fanciful, and like it preserves your childhood. So I'm all for it. Oh, no. Yeah. As I'm gonna steal your line. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I just really Yelp felt it's it. mine. Five stars. Feeling it. Uh, I fucking love Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like definitely read, my ultimate fave. I haven't like the books we've collected because like I don't want to read them until we have all of them. Nice. Like that's the reward. When I get them, I can. Where are you at? I don't know. I'll find out at the break. Yeah. I think in like 2019, he, I think 2018, maybe I'd have to look it up. But he came to Queen Elizabeth Theater and did like a reading and some autograph oh, I signing. Know. I wanted to go. I did to too. Work, but I had yeah. to work. And then I just looked at the age range and it was like younger than me and I was weird. But like, I should have just said, Yeah, I'm here with my kid cousin. I'm here alone. <laughs> I'm a lone adult talking about I, Spump's gold. I was I was researching some of the books last night and there are actually like what did what was there 61 books in like the original release 63 I think hold that hold that 62 my 62. bad 62 
close in the middle. Uh, both right. There's actually a few versions of the books that have never been like re-released. <laughs> so like the only way you can have certain certain ones of these books is if you like have one of the original ones that were released because they never reprinted it and I was like that's so fucking cool I was gonna say the only way you can have those ones is if you're actually there at the Scholastic Book Fair I rhymed yeah yeah like a hundred percent it only ran for that year of the Scholastic Book I remember getting one of the Goosebumps books and it came with like those witch fingers oh if a book came with free shit I got it it. I didn't yeah. even care what the book was really. I just wanted the free shit. Uh, any money yeah. that was left. In some like, ways, that translates to my current life too. But you know. <laughs> Why are you eating cereal? There was a ring in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why, you don't even eat that. There was a toy in the box. I will yeah. eat this until you're, I get the toy. You're a vegetarian. <laughs> and, then, oh, and then you dig the toy out, and your parents are like, "Yeah, you still have to eat that fucking shredded wheat." And you're like, "Ugh." It's actually that's a real yeah, it was that's a yep. for like the neon green glow in the dark crayon that I got. And it was a jumbo size. Do you remember that one candy we used to buy? Uh, like it's like flying saucers or whatever, but it would like not only would it turn your whole entire mouth blue or green, like your poop would be fluorescent, like be green. You don't remember that? No? Okay. Like it's just me. I don't know. I have to look. It's like a flying saucer or alien. It was like a green candy that came in a box. You'd eat them. And then it was all downhill from there. Oh, shit. I don't know if that made it to Topley. I think that was drugs, Kelsey. Oh, no. <laughs> none of us remember it. I was on Are You Afraid? I was cast on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I just yeah. like, don't. That's your fucking audition tape. I was yeah. walking through the woods and then Are You Afraid of the Dark was happening? And they gave me this cool candy. <laughs> all downhill from there. That's where it was downhill. <laughs> Speaking of downhill. Oh, no. Britt, did you watch this movie? What's that? Did you watch Goosebumps? Yeah, the first one. Watch the movie. Tell us us about the movie. Oh, man. homework. I assigned this to you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious because I didn't get that directly. I was just like, yeah, I'll just watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Here, you're going to pull your weight, Missy. And I said, you're going to watch the movie. Oh, now I'm all scared. Uh Okay. Well, I, take, I got a book of notes, man. I expect the full write-up from you. Let's go. Full write-up? <laughs> I don't have any notes, just so no. you know. Do it off um, the top. Welcome to our first episode we ever recorded. Well, here you go. <laughs> well, okay, so how does it go? Um, Zach and his mom moved to a new town. I can't remember the mom's name. Zach's like the lead dude. Nice white lady. Um, yeah, she's a nice white lady. <laughs> She's got this huge kitchen, and uh, one of the first things is, we don't cook, Mom. And she's like, yeah, but look at all this space for takeout. And I'm like, oh, that was good. We're just going on on the right foot here. <laughs> and then there's a wacky aunt as well. Oh, I like that actress. I, yeah, she's really funny. Uh, she reminds well, I think her name is Jillian from Workaholics, which cracked me up, because I'm yeah. like, this is a total 360 happening right here. Uh, but they have these strange neighbors one of which is jack black who we find out later is arl stein himself which is kind of cute and then he's got this cute daughter that the guy the zach is kind of like and her name's hannah 
So, but they're not allowed to talk, and Jack Black is uh, trying very hard to be scary about not talking to his daughter. It was so <laughs> weird. It was like, what are you doing? Like, calm down. She can't talk to the boy next door. Like, what's yeah. the worst? That, what's the worst that's gonna happen? He's gonna come into your house and pull down books. Like, <laughs> maybe open it. You know, release some hell, literal he, hell. He could have. He could have had some more chill. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I, I'd like to give R.L. Stein like, a shout-out, because if he had, like, if somebody's playing you, I feel like you do get a say in it. And, like, thank you for picking Jack Black, <laughs> just because, like, wow, America's hero. Well, Truly. yeah, in all guy. Honesty, I just love the guy so much. He Anything Jack Black touches is gold, in my personal opinion. He's, like, He's a so regular good. average guy. Like, you have The Rock. Like, you're like, oh, damn. Like, he muscle. But then you have, like, Jack Black. And I'm like, you can put them both in a movie, and I'm not here to see one or the other. Like, I am here to see both because they're the same fucking level. He's yeah. like, be kind, rewind. He's like, yeah, totally. totally. He's like everybody's average dude guy, and he fucking kills it. Imagine, yeah. imagine R.L. Stein. <laughs> imagine he's like <laughs> looking at Chris Hemsworth and fucking yeah. Jack Black, and he's like, "Hmm, <laughs> who do you, who do you want to play you?" And he's like, "Well, I really like Thor." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "That was a trick question. We're casting Jack Black." <laughs> like it. Chris Hemsworth, Adam Driver, and Jack Black, and he's like, "Hmm, <laughs> Jack Black." <laughs> he's like Michelle Pfeiffer. Gwyneth <laughs> Let's that wasn't see. one of the options. No, Gwyneth Paltrow just showed up to the interview. <laughs> she wasn't invited. Yeah, she's like, hi. I'm here to audition for R.L. Stein. Yeah. And also, I made these scones. They smell They're like eggs. my vagina. <laughs> your vagina. You have to put them in your vagina to cook. <laughs> oh, my God. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goosebumps. <laughs> So either way, um, Zach is not allowed to talk to Hannah. All right, cool. So next day at school, which his mom is also, I believe, vice principal of that school, cracks yep. some lame-ass jokes while he's in the stands, embarrassing. Getting all <laughs> Did you say we're all we're all? Uh, so they twer- twerking. Uh, twerking forward to it or something? Yeah, yeah, to the the dance. <laughs> I was like, oh no, like I can't even pretend like that was okay like I felt embarrassed for (laughs) but he handled it like a champ which leads me into his new best friend that kind of chose him named champ (laughs) yeah I think his name's champion let me I don't know I sent you the I sent you a link you sent me a link oh yeah I'm over here in the chat I'll look at the chat yeah his name is champ short for champion which he does elaborate later on in the movie on why but i think i was doing something else so i don't know but either way his dad won something yeah that's that anyway so champ chooses zach as a friend and um that embarrassing moment ends (laughs) and they segue to um oh i believe zach is like chatting with hannah through the door not the door the fence of the house he goes home to take the trash out because he's not going to the dance yeah that's right and then she's like booga booga and scares him yeah (laughs) which was kind of cute i'm like oh well she's obviously in control here (laughs) she knows what she wants yeah and they're just chatting it up um and then yeah champ shows up to that too and he's like wow does she have any friends and then 
Um, does Jack Black come back and tell him to stay away? I can't remember. I don't know. He like gets his grumpy old manness out and he's just like, don't talk to my daughter. I'm not sure where he comes from, but he like hucks her back in the house. Yeah, so I think we go through that again, but he hears her screaming inside, so calls 911. As one one upstanding gentleman does. Yeah, it becomes a debacle, and then they go over there. Of course, nothing's happening. Everything's cool, but Zach is like, this is not okay. Can we talk about those stupid cops? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're just stupid. They're cast cast perfectly. They acted like... They would have acted. They're just dumb. Okay, there you so go. <laughs> I did like how the girl was kind of like quick to jump on like, what's going on here? And it was just yeah. kind of like totally off timing. And I'm like, and okay, she's like a blonde cool. white lady. Yeah, I'm like who are these cops? Stop it. <laughs> so yeah, just classic dumb cops. Nothing really comes of it. But Zach is convinced there's something bad happening, so he goes into the basement with Champ, and there's bear traps everywhere, and Champ's <laughs> freaking out. Like, the goofy buddy usually does, but they proceed on as he's freaking out the whole, every step of the way. And then they stumble. The bookshelf. Yeah, they get to the bookshelf, but I don't know. I can't remember if the they run into Hannah first or not. No, they run into her after. They grab the book and they pull the book down. And then yeah. Hannah runs in the room. She's like, did you touch the bookshelf? And they're like, sorry, as it flies open. Yeah. <laughs> And, and a fucking snowman comes out to terrorize. The, what did I call it? The, the uh oh a manable uh, a manable snowman. <laughs> All right, so the abominable snowman appears, and that's a shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like the of course the moment where everyone has to be quiet, but Champ, the champion that he is, squeals like a little pig. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, why? And of course. That gets out of hand. Yeah, so that gets figured out. They, they go chasing the snowman down into, like, the middle of the city. Yeah, they pretty much chase him all around town just to catch him because he has to get back in that book. Get your ass back in that book. book. Um, like yeah, Jumanji. So then, kind of, yeah. It's got a Jumanji vibe to it, for sure. Um, yeah, so once that gets sorted out, they suck him back in the book. <laughs> Um, and Jack Black's like, oh, you idiots, what are you doing in my house? I told you not to come around here anymore. They get back just to find a nice, cute little book, a little bit open on the ground. And then the shrieking, shrill voice of freaking Slappy the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> not Slappy. Not Slappy. And I'm like, okay, like, this is a cute, quirky, like, kids show that I'm like nostalgic for mostly <laughs> but with that moment I'm like oh no, no. I'm a child again <laughs> so basically after that Slappy does all his like little crazy magic that he does and manages to take the book away with the rest of the books opening them and burning them as he's opening them to re-release all these monsters Slappy's into- a fucking asshole he's such a dick <laughs> Uh, into the city of Madison, I believe it is. Correct. Uh, so the whole rest of the movie, they're freaking out, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, decide to rewrite it, but now the next step to rewrite an ending to get all these monsters under control is to get Jack Black, Arl Stein, out of his shell to find his typewriter to rewrite this book. 
So they have to obviously go back to a school where there's the dance going on and then try to warn all the people that there's these monsters going around as the new kid and this nerdy kid named Champ <laughs> to the entire school that are like, uh-huh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, the part in um, Hocus Pocus where they run to the dance and they're like, it's an emergency. And they're like, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Exactly that. And of course, it's the two most unlikely people to, they're like, who are these people? We're trying to dance here. They're like, your parents on. named you Champ. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not going to believe in you. And then, of course, like, there's this nerdy, no, not nerdy, but, like, kind of sort of goofy, maybe could be a bit of a jockey guy, football-y dude. I don't know. Sure, sure. Standing near the rafters, being like, ha, ha, watch out, everybody. Like, they're picking their noses. Like, kind of egging them on. Oh, Doyle rules. Yeah, for, yeah. He's a total <laughs> Doyle rules. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's bluffing on that one. And then of course he looks out the window to see the primantis that got released, um, try to smash through and scoops him up to eat him. And then shit gets real for everyone around them. <sighs> it just sounds like someone's got to roll a five or an eight. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I know you're talking D and don't know what that means. I'm assuming. No, it's Jumanji. Oh, D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan was playing it the other day. That's why that's right in my brain. <laughs> and I know Jill's been on like D and D freaking podcast train for a while now. Dungeons Listen, and Daddies. I'm learning. I'm going in my first campaign next week. Okay, it's exciting. Thank you. That's great. That's awesome. I don't want to commit to it, so that's why I'm not going down that world. Dylan I play video powers. games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't commit to any of it. <laughs> it's best that you do don't. Honestly, just, just commit to watching the movie we give you. That's yeah, solid. I'll commit to watching Goosebumps and then poorly describe it on this podcast. Ah, oh, you're killing it! You're killing it! <laughs> I'm almost halfway through the movie. I think at this point, um, <laughs> there's a point in the movie where Jack Black, well, they get a hold of this typewriter that's closed up at the school safe and sound but there's a point where he hurts his hands and can't type anymore i missed that part unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> i went came back to the but i was like oh no he he can't do it anymore what what the fuck happened <laughs> Some, okay that purple, happened purple tunnel uh, okay cool that makes sense. i don't know oh, i was like did something bite was it the sponge like no, honestly i'm spitballing i'm not sure i I can't remember. You no, know, we'll play with um, Corporal Tunnel because Carpal t- Corporal Carpal Tunnel because there's just too much crazy shit already happening in this movie. So we just need something a little chill to happen for him to not use his hands. It might have been the sponge. It, it might have also been the sponge. You never know. There's a lot of shit going on in this moment. <laughs> um, so either way. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. We have to fly back a bit. One of the first hangouts that Zach and Hannah have, she takes them to this. Um, like, um, park. Oh, fuck, what's it called? Like, P&E. Theme park. <laughs> Take them to the theme park that's been closed down for however long, whatever. They climb up and have a romantic moment. That's cool. So now we're going to fast forward back to when Zach gets the assignment to finish the book. So they have to run there. Um... Yeah, why did they? Run Basically, away? they just kind of incorporate a lot of R.L. Stein's books. Oh yeah, they into cut- this one, and, the, and that's why I was like, it's like the intro to the television show because all of the pages fly out 
Exactly. But it's all of the like characters said, are flying out of the pages. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. At that part of the movie, too, I just felt like there's so much stuff going on. And I was just overwhelmed and being sparked with all this, like, <laughs> old yeah. school knowledge like, that I already have. Made, yeah, yeah. You're like, this was made for all of the kids with ADHD. Yeah, exactly. As we're running into the Ourselves fun included. Book, the big face that was on the, the theme park book, which I believe is called Funhouse. Yeah. Jill will have to let me know when she comes right. the book. I was like, my brain was already like, oh my god, I remember when. <laughs> so either way, I missed whatever else happened there, but they're in there, <laughs> um, hiding from Slappy to try and figure out how Zach's gonna write the rest of this book. Meanwhile, Slappy finds them and releases the gob, like the slime oh, guy, no. and then he comes to swallow everyone up. So they have to run away and get back on the Ferris wheel to finish this book it's, while Jack Black's feet alive. <laughs> it's just like Jeff Goldblum from The Fly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he's finishing up the book and the thing. They, we have to hurry here because uh, Arl Stein is trying not to like suffocate within Goop Bill. And he keeps popping up for air here and there. So either way, they finish it as the creatures come for them. But they get down to release the book. And spoiler alert, earlier on in the movie, Zach realizes that Hannah is just another ghoul. She's a ghost girl. Oh. That Arlstein created because he was very lonely and he just wanted some happiness. So he created a daughter. The like twist. Moaning Myrtle. The twist. Yeah, yeah, Moaning, moaning Myrtle. Myrtle. She's just in the toilet crying. She's just crying in the toilet. But either way, at this point, Zach and Hannah have totally fallen in love. Um, and he's they're like, gonna we have can't... ghost sex. You're going to have ghost sex. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Premarital ghost Can ghosts get STDs? Uh, I guess we'll have to watch Goosebumps, too. <laughs> oh, it's my called God. Goosehumps. Goosehumps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we look up if that's a porno? Jill, can yeah. you, I don't want that on my server. <laughs> so I can't do it. It's like the one time I get caught at the border. Can you, we see your phone? They look at my server that says goosehumps. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, it's <laughs> when, a, when a duck gets a tumor. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. It's just too much. Okay, sorry. So they have sex. I know what happened. <laughs> well, okay, they don't have sex. But as he, they get down from the Ferris wheel, he clues in. He's like, oh, my God, I have something to tell you. Because he's under the impression she has no idea that she doesn't know she's real. Oh, okay. And she's like, I know. Just open the book. Let's just do it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to lose you forever. And then she's like, it's okay. I'm and tribute. I'm a tribute. We had this time together. She's like, and then it kind of like pulled on my heartstrings a little bit because she's like, the only thing I regret is that we didn't get to dance. And then they share a romantic ghostly kiss as she, well, the monsters are like being sucked into this book as this chaos yeah. all happening. <laughs> but like dance is code for fuck. Yeah. I mean, they're like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I'm, I'm ruining this movie for everybody. <laughs> Or you're making it better for some. Who knows? <laughs> Use your imagination, guys. Paint the picture as you want it. With 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 consenting age adults, not children. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so they're sharing this ghost kiss that she's 
the chaos is winding down and then she's fading away into the book and it turns from this like dark gooey thing into like this beautiful hue of blue and it's just kind of like oh everything's better but i was like oh man you need to fucking get me in the heart man right there the worst part is jack black gets away from the goo because the goo sucked in and they all come in for like that moment together and then (laughs) earl stein and zach just like stare into each other's eyes like i know man (laughs) <laughs> oh shit did we just become best friends yeah should yeah. we just become best friends for sure okay. but then fast forward to the like now everything's chill fast forward to the end uh jack black or i mean sorry arl stein ends up with the goofy auntie at the beginning they have a moment in the middle of the show where they're kind of like oh you're a little cute i like <laughs> but that everything, they they become a cute little couple and arl stein is the new english teacher so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool and then yeah that's that. Let me know if I missed anything. Um, rambly. <laughs> no, it was dope. Information. <laughs> and I didn't that. watch it. Jillian, Jillian Bell. So yeah. Yeah, Jillian Bell. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Some workaholics are all casted as their real names with some dumb last name. There you go. That's how I listen. <laughs> Just give me a fake last name. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What do you yeah. rate it? What do I rate it? Oh man, for nostalgic purposes and Jack Black. Like, did it did it hit the like hit what you need? I think I think so. Like I'd give it probably a, a high eight, maybe eight point five. If I was an, a younger person who was not aware of Goosebumps, I might be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty overwhelming. Like I said, <laughs> like wow, there's a lot of shit happening all the time. Yeah, that's I don't. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's good. I remember my sister said she watched it in the theaters with my nephew, I believe. So either way, they watched together. And she said, yeah, it was cute. It was good. Whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't think it did very well. No, I don't think it did. Um, I think I read somewhere that it only got like six stars or something out of ten or whatever. I don't know what the tomato meter is, though. Okay, the tomato meter is 78. That's surprising. But like oh, we okay. said, they're a bunch of douchey bros, so who knows. But the audience score is 62%, so. Okay. Eh. I probably give it a 78 i think that's pretty good it, it was a, a nice cute watch you know for sure i probably wouldn't rewatch it unless i'm like hungover or something but <laughs> fair enough yeah um it's cool good. uh yeah. jill is there a porno no i was just looking there is no goosebumps porn um halloween porn is also far and in between so i was like i wonder if anybody dressed up like a ventriloquist dummy so Aww. like if you have an only fans <laughs> oh please God. message me because i have some great collaboration ideas you're gonna um, collaborate with them or are you just writing the porno we're so i'm just gonna like suggesting. write i'm gonna like make content suggestions i have no want or desire to actually physically collaborate thank you <laughs> No, you're you're a creative collaborator. That's all. You're yeah. just like, hey, here's the thing. Ventriloquist dummy, but <laughs> scary and porno, cool. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> or like, do, do whatever you want. That's great. I cannot watch that. <laughs> you know what? I got it. I got it's it. Too freaky. Sponge with teeth. <laughs> oh. I think oh, that movie already exists. That's yeah. the vagina dentata. But there's no sponge. There's no sponge. It's just vagina teeth, which is yeah. chill. Maybe it's there could so be. Um, it's very chill. Maybe like a teeth part two where it's called sponge. Sponge oh. with teeth. Ew. 
I mean, maybe that sponge. Actually, I think that sponge did have teeth, did it not? It did have teeth and eyes. Yeah. It, was a whole, it was a whole mood. So here's the thing. You could do a whole OnlyFans where you just use a sponge. Using your marketing ideas, man. Killer sponge. I'm washing my shoulder. It might bite me. <laughs> <laughs> it might get me. I don't know. Oh, I can't believe no one has done this yet. They have a whole porno of Pirates of the Caribbean and none of this. <laughs> Wasted I'm value. Sure big enough, I'm sure you can find something. Be pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so now that we have taken our childhood favorite books into the weirdest corner of the world, <laughs> how are you going to further disappoint us, Jill? <laughs> Yeah, more Number than one. we have. <laughs> Number one, I never disappoint on this podcast. You know so what I mean. Don't bring that kind of energy towards me, Missy. <laughs> no, I mean two, just like crush my soul. Yeah, more of a soul. Number two, I'm obviously going to crush it kind of hard. Sweet. There's and so then, many options to come from off of Goosebumps too. But I mean, okay. if that's to do with dummies, man, I'm going to be so spooked. Hope you guys are ready. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what? yeah. Give it to me straight, pal. Yes. I would never give anybody anything straight. That was rude of you. I would only give it to them gay. Um, so. Good. I thought Eat I'd yourself. start off with like, what are goosebumps? I didn't know if one of you was going to cover that. But goosebumps. No, come, it comes from the word cutest answerine. I got this from the Harvard website. Oh. But the word cutest is skin. Okay. And then the word answer, A-N-S-E-R, means goose. So it's like goose skin because when you get like goosebumps, your skin kind of looks like poultry skin. Yep. Which is when gross. When their feathers are pulled out, which is not nice because so, that means they're dead. It's Yeah, usually. So dead, dead goose skin. Cool. So goosebumps are caused by your muscles flexing, which like on animals or like when we're hairier, it causes like our fur to stand up, which can mm -hmm. make us like appear bigger. But it's also like a flight or f fight, like natural thing. So you either can like, you just like, you're being more alert of your senses, like all your senses get heightened, your skin constricts, your blood's moving a bit quicker. So it's like, that does make sense. Cause like you can get them from like, it's not just being scared. Like sometimes you eat something that's so good and you get like goosebumps or somebody says something to you and you get like goosebumps, but it's just mm -hmm. like, a physical reaction like when you see something horrible and you gag mm -hmm. like donald <laughs> trump so that's where the term like quitting cold turkey kind of comes from because goosebumps in your body can be caused by like distress so a lot of time when people are like trying to quit harder drugs they say like oh i'm quitting cold turkey because the react of those drugs like leaving your system and you getting oh. sick causes your body to like tense up all the time and then it looks like you have goosebumps oh, that's interesting that's, that's so cool right that. that's super cool i'm glad you're smarter than me i, I just <laughs> thought like i don't know you'd quit cold turkey because you sucked at like fucking making thanksgiving dinner and your turkey was cold. <laughs> like that's what i always like assume. That's where she went on that. <laughs> you know what? Actually, probably like, quit it. 
It's like all those stories in America where it's like Thanksgiving and then the mom's always like in bed half asleep. Like, you took the turkey out last night, dear. And the husband's always like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then the camera like pans into him being like, oh, my God. And then he like didn't even play the turkey. Like adventure or something. And it's it's actually just the Griswolds Thanksgiving. I was going to say this is a Griswolds moment. It's just Dave cooks a turkey from the Vinyl Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) So I... Like, surprisingly enough, there's not really any cases of geese murdering anybody, which was my first, like, way to go for Yeah, it. surprisingly enough. But lots, oh lots of stories of geese chasing children. <laughs> if your <laughs> kid's that much to chase a goose, yeah. it gets it. <laughs> I saw a kid throw a rock at a goose once here oh on God. the coast, and I was like, oh, that little bastard. And he kept doing it, and then the goose was like, ah! And it kind of, like came at him, didn't, like, fully commit to run, but, like, flared it and, like, squawked at him, and then it started crying, and I'm, like, I can't believe I'm an adult watching this go down, and I'm, like, seriously, right, you little shit? It's instant <laughs> karma. Really yeah, I'm, like, you're gonna fuck with a goose right now? <laughs> like, come on. Dude, your parents, goose. your parents went and did you dirty, dude, like, you learn that from a young age, you stay away from those cobra turkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't do that. Well, hopefully he learned his lesson. He's not a little dick anymore. Don't throw <laughs> rocks at animals. <laughs> That's the first lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So I I couldn't really decide like how I wanted to go for this. So I wanted to cover a book that actually was one of the Goosebump books I really liked as a child because when I was a child, I think my parents thought I was going to be like I don't know, gifted. I think all of our parents kind of thought that. So they were like, here, you, you can do piano. Um, so there is a Goosebump book. It's number 13. And it's called Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. Dude, I remember the cover of that book. Me too. And it's like, and I on the piano. wanted to play piano so bad. And then that happened. And I was like, oh. So <laughs> I'm going to cover the case today of Charles William Eukel. Okay. Oh. Charles William Eucles. We're in trouble. That's how you know it's in trouble. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah. That's yeah. how you know he has a yellow raincoat somewhere. <laughs> oh my God! Can you see mine? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the back of What's What's your middle name, Jill? Oh my, no, the internet can't find me that easy. You're not getting that out of me. <laughs> so Charles was born in Baltimore, Maryland, in 1935 to his parents Dorothea and Charles, who were like music conductors and they really dabbled in instruments and then he also had a younger brother named tex okay that's their first mistake number one what is tex number two i know you're both interested so i thought i'd tell you the precipitation oh so baltimore little bit drier than here. Every year they only get about 42.3 inches of precipitation, which if you need me to put it in simpler terms is about 107 and a half centimeters. Science. So like it's a pretty decent amount of rain. It's just not at Vancouver's, which as stated is 57.5 or 146 centimeters. Or as we say, a WAP. A WAP. White ass province. They were almost a wet-ass state, but, like, I guess as far as America goes, like, other than, like, forks, they're probably pretty wet. Cool. So, Charles was really gifted. By age four, he could already sight-read music, and he could play the piano. Um, I still can't normally read music. I literally go, like, 
all good boys deserve fudge and that's how oh, I fucking yeah. figure out like what notes what but he could just look at it read it play it by four I had a moment when I was in elementary school where I could read sheet music really well and then I quit yeah I'm pretty I mean I can it, yeah I kind of can get it. it you just you can't go all out I could read twinkle twinkle little star on piano sheet music that's where I'm at <laughs> Piano was ruined for me by a boy in my elementary school named Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. And we got to, like, if we could play an instrument one day in music class, we got to play an instrument. And I was so excited because I had been practicing and I had learned Savage Gardens truly, <gasps> madly, deeply on oh piano. Oh, my God. But, like, what? Really let me tell you, on a piano, it is literally, like, chord one note to play the entire chord dude do, do. like it is so basic and I was so proud and I fucking played it and I was like feeling the music like uh, I'll be your dream I'll be, I'll be and I was like so into it you're everything this fucking Jonathan went on after me and just like from memory played like Beethoven's fifth concerto and I was like fuck it I'm done I hate this <laughs> Fuck that kid. Your song was way better. Oh my god, he fucking <laughs> killed it. He did so good. He like used the pedals properly okay, and I just was like Savage so impressed. Garden. Like probably, but it would be better than like chord one note. Like it would be so fly. I fucking doubt it. He put all of his time and energy into that uh, one song. Yeah. I just like that is the moment. It's like <laughs> it's like you know when you watch a television show or some movie or something and like someone busts out a whole speech in Spanish to somebody else's Spanish and then the 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 person that's from the Spanish speaking countries like starts speaking back to the person in Spanish and the other person's like oh no that I only memorized that one sentence that's all I got yeah. <laughs> that was Jonathan oh. <laughs> way to go Jonathan fuck that kid well Charles <laughs> this poor little shit at age seven his parents got divorced he ended up him and his brother stayed with his mom and then by age nine he had had some like issues so he had been like setting fires and had been reported like there had been like abuse in the house because oh, his parents like were really striving for them to be like perfectionists like wanted them to accomplish a lot so they were acting out because they weren't reaching those levels of perfection fair yeah so, that's sad that's sad by high school charles actually ended up dropping out and he joined the u.s navy for about two years and then when he came back he had learned to play he his mom and him like kind of like pushed him towards it but he had started playing like ragtime piano oh cool i love that yeah like ragtime if you didn't know what it is is basically like a rhythm that's been characterized by a strong syncopated melody um so it's like very upbeat and kind of boppy and a lot of the time it's accompanied by a piano so we kind of think of that like hello my baby hello like those kind of like beats the singing frog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also like the type of music that's really commonly in like music or like on player pianos. Mm -hmm. Those like self playing pianos. Generally, yeah. it's a lot of ragtime. Haunted pianos, some would call them. Yeah. I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but Tara made a really funny joke, but I hate her for making it because she beat me to it. But she was like, ragtime, haha, <laughs> I get those once a month. But I'm. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm on my ragtime right now, and it's no. And then she nope. She proceeded to call me her ragtime gal. Ah! <laughs> 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 ragtime 
and she was like, I knew you were my right in time, gal. Get up. <laughs> okay, That's Tara. Amazing. You can five stay. stars, Tara, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, maybe she should be on with us again. We'll just keep inviting more and more. <laughs> Good. Keen hosts of this podcast. Yeah. That's <sighs> really confusing. <laughs> yes, that's what we need. So when Charles was playing ragtime piano, he also went by the name Yogi Freetag. Okay. What's so like, Yogi for? I don't know. The Yogi bear? bear? I was going to say that. He, he just kept stealing picnic baskets. <laughs> <laughs> My friend here, he's always stealing picnic baskets. Pic- Yogi. <laughs> so when he came back, uh, he would play ragtime piano, but then also in his off time, he would be a piano teacher. And he ended up getting married in 1961. Okay. So he was still teaching piano. He was still performing. And then on October 24th, 1966, Charles had a class with a student named Suzanne Reynolds. So he did a singing class with her. And then at nine, around 945, 930 p.m., the, like it ended and he took his dog for an evening walk, left his mm-hmm. apartment went around for a walk, came back, noticed that a vacant apartment building in his like wing had the door open. So he went and pushed the door open where he discovered Suzanne Reynolds' body. Oh. So he ended up calling the police. So Charles was questioned and then they, so this was around like 9.45, 10 p.m. when he called the cops. And then at 6.45 a.m., they had still been, like, questioning him at the police station. And then one of the police officers actually noticed he had some staining on, like, his shoes and his trousers. And they were like, that's weird. So they told Charles, like, we're going to question you. He said, I want to call an attorney. As he should, because that's just what you should always do. Yeah, that's your first step. So a few hours later at 10 a.m., Charles started admitting to things. He admitted that he had found the body and that they had been in an argument earlier. And then after he found his bo- the body, he sodomized it. Oh, no. He, wait. What? Yeah, so he's claiming that him and Suzanne had, like, gotten in a fight after, his, after the music lesson. He okay. walked the dog, came home, found her, and then sodomized the body. So that was his, his he's like, I didn't kill her, I just sodomized her body? Yeah. Because that's fucking better? <laughs> yep. Wow, that's, oh, that's dude. some really good flight or flight. Fl- you could just say, I don't knowledge. know what happened if you're going to lie about it. Or, like, <laughs> I blacked out. Or, like, did you really not do anything and just automize her? Like, that's even... But then Literally by... anything else but that. Yeah. So by 12.40 p.m., Charles had given a full confession. Um, He said he had strangled Suzanne with, like, a black necktie, <sighs> then dragged her body upstairs where he stripped and mutilated her. Fuck right off. Oh, By 1.45 p.m., so only like an hour and five minutes later, the cops brought some evidence over and he was like, yep, that's the necktie I used. Okay. They should just put a picture up on the internet. Nope. They should just put flyers up of his very tiny penis. Like... <laughs> So then by 3 p.m. that day, he had been charged with murder. During this time, also, his attorney had not fucking shown up yet. Oh, well, his attorney's like, fuck him. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know what? Like, you're on your own, pal. Like, fuck. So he was indicted, and then he was released on bail because they got the charges dropped to manslaughter because 
he wasn't read his like Miranda rights at the right time. Uh... So, because the Miranda rights had only come out like a few years earlier. So I think people are still getting used to it. Having to like say it. You got one job, boys. Right? Literally fucking one fucking job. His sentence was dropped down to serve for manslaughter, which would be seven and a half to 15 year sentence. But he only ended up serving five years and four months. And by 1973, he was paroled to Greenwich Village. So during this time, Charles decided he wanted to be a first-time film director, so he put out an ad looking for models or actresses to people to come to cast for his movie. Yeah, I hate this guy. This is called Craigslist, and you don't go. (laughs) Never. So on August 20th, there was a body of a 23-year-old named Karin Schlegel who was found on the top of a Greenwich Village apartment, and she had been strangled, stripped, and mutilated. So a, pol- a bad one. A parole officer who was actually assigned to Charles recognized that fucking apartment building, called 911, and got Charles arrested. Also, yeah. By the 24th, Charles was arrested and he pled guilty where he was going to serve 15 years to life in prison. Well, I'm just so happy he's so honest, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing he's honest, and then they just keep letting him out. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm a raging bag of shit, but please just keep giving me second chances. (laughs) On August 22nd, 1982. So I think, like, Kelsey, you were born, like, 10 years before this, right? So you might remember it. Okay, you're fired. (laughs) Hold on, what? (laughs) You know what? I'm older than you, but not that much older. And I have more Botox than either of you, so... (laughs) You're hilarious. Shush your beautiful faces, okay? Do you <laughs> want August- me to edit your section good or bad? <laughs> yeah. oh. She does hold the Oh, shit, the there's a choice? <laughs> so, pull the lever! <laughs> Wrong lever! <laughs> so, on August 22nd, 1982, Charles was actually, he threw a fit at the in- this institute he was at and he started acting uncontrollably. So, he was calmed down and put in an isolation room. And then that morning, they actually found him um, hung from the ceiling in his room, died from asphyxiation because he had actually strangled himself with the fabric from his mattress. Wow, like a true classy guy who likes to really take responsibility for his actions. So, like, unlike Goosebumps, I definitely murdered someone. You did. But I'd never heard of that case, which, like, I didn't, like, when I look up piano killers, like, I don't really, I would have never thought of him because I'd never heard of him. So I thought it was kind of no, cool. No, I haven't heard of him either. Yeah, I didn't. I don't I think like I, I did. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it just, but, I don't know, just with how honest he is, too. It's like, okay, like, you're you're just okay with all this you're like yeah you know it's just my, my thing i like it a lot yeah. but like that's such a common good, theme. i promise it's it, can i it, it, sorry but like i i'm assuming he's like a white guy okay we don't know but that is a common thing though where it's yeah. like there there's it's not it's not only it's not isolated just that event where it's like oh i've done all this and the police are like 
we can't hold him. And uh, I'm not like saying that that's particular in this, in this instance, it's incredibly their fault. But a lot of the time it's just like the law is just fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when it's crimes on women or against women <laughs> yeah. or against, like, against oh, well, LGBTQ yeah. or yeah. people that work more high risk jobs. They're just like, <sighs> I mean, but if they did that, like there's always an excuse for yeah. something. You're like, okay, well. <laughs> or sorry, I, I missed also if it's crimes against people of color as well. Same, same. Basically, I mean, if it's a crime against anyone that's not a, a white man. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, <laughs> or, yeah. Or like a blonde child. Ah, blonde. Those blondies, I tell ya. <laughs> In summation. Go. R.L. Stein. Fucking banger. Goosebumps. Fucking banger. I'm so excited to collect the rest of the books. Am I excited to rewatch the TV show? Fuck yes. Do I really want to watch the movie? Not overly, but I might watch it. <laughs> but like, I am so happy I got to grow up in a time with Goosebumps just because like, I feel like now that I'm older and like technology exists, like I've really lost the art of getting sucked into a good book. Like, I've lost it. It takes me a lot to get into a book because I'm just so yeah. distracted of everything going on. Yeah. But, like, thank you, R.L. Stein, for giving us some, like, quality children's horror thriller where, like, nobody died and there was a lot of real case scenarios that I had to be more afraid of. Because as an adult woman, I definitely own a baseball bat and I don't play baseball. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I also will add, too, it's nice that, like, since like Jill, you and I have been doing this as a as a time consuming hobby. Yep. <laughs> that we <laughs> are constantly on the edge of our seats because we don't get paid for it, clearly. Trying to gather information and get ready for one day a week. <clears throat> but it's been really cool to learn that some of these like little pockets of nostalgia that we hold so dearly, like R.L. Stein's Goosebumps or the Magic School Bus, really had our best interests. Versus, yeah. like, just yeah. trying to sell us a toy. I mean, obviously, there's an end goal because, like, you know, they have to make money, whether that's through advertising or what have you. So, like, yes, th that is a part of it. But it's cool to read things like R.L. Stein's, like, I didn't write this for a moral lesson. I wrote this to encourage kids to read. And, like, the Magic School Bus wanted to encourage kids to learn. Like, I think that's fucking banger. So, oh, yeah. And obviously, there is stuff that exists like that today, but it's just kind of cool that's some of those things that we really, really liked weren't weren't all trash. <laughs> it's true. Totally. It wasn't always There's a toy. There's a lot of trash out there. So. Yeah. It wasn't always a toy at the bottom of a box of sugary cereal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of toys and trash, oh. uh, I'd like to thank Britt for coming out again this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you have any questions, comments, concerns... Uh, you know where to send them. It's deepnerder at gmail.com or the same shit on Instagram. Uh, if you have any questions, send them there. Other than that, it's been a fucking pleasure. I hope you get goosebumps. Yeah. Watch out for those fucking teethy sponges. Oh, yeah. They're coming for you, people. I'm going to give everybody goosebumps with my fucking ASMR. I'm really close into my microphone about goosebumps. What's the word for, like, crawling inside your own skin? All right, well, on that note, we're just going to shut this shit down.
Stop, I have Jill. Okay, say bye. Say bye, Britt. Bye. 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 <laughs>